Okay. Hello, everybody. Um, thank you for your time. My name is Tracy, and I'm the founder and author of Her Stories Untold, a global book project sharing different empowering, inspiring stories of women around the globe from all walks of life. Um, the reason this project was created was because I realized that there are so many women out there that have stories to share, journeys that have been taken, but, you know, not realizing their own significance and importance. So the project is open to all women around the globe. If you have a story of your journey of how you came to be, whom and where you are today, please do check out www.herstoryuntold.com. And the purpose of this global book project is to empower, uplift, and inspire other women. Now, before we begin our talk today, I want to acknowledge that the land on which I live and work is the traditional and unceded territory of the Kwikwetlem Nation and lies within the shared traditional territories of Tleil-Watu, Katsia, Maskim, Squamish, Kekate, and Stolo First Nations. Very importantly, I want to warmly welcome everyone joining us here today and especially to Lynn that I have here. I want to also honor and thank Lynn for sharing her story and writing her book, Choosing Survival, How I Endured a Brutal Attack and a Lifetime of Trauma Through the Power of Action, Choice and Self-Expression. Lynn, please tell us more about this. Hi, well, thank you so much for having me. Um, I, uh, Gosh, where to start? Um, the bulk of the book is, is takes place when I was attacked when I was 21. Um, and we can get into that more, but I had suffered from things, you know, prior to that, where the be depression or things, you know, like that. And um, I feel like this book has been like 20 years in the making. It's always been kind of in the back of my mind, um, thinking that like, gosh, this is such a wild story. Like I should just write a book because so much, there's so much to it, um, but never really knowing you know, what the right time would be, the why, you know, what's the purpose of it. And um, I think finally, I just got to a place where I had enough healing and enough experience to be able to put this in writing in hopes that it would help other people and give them courage to also share their story. Because like you said, we all have experience, life experiences, they're all worth sharing. And um, we all are worth being listened to and heard. So I hope that, you know, by sharing my story, it also helps other people to be seen and heard as well. Yes. Um... Oh, sorry. Somebody commented uh, just very quickly. <laughs> um, they're trying to watch this talk live, but they're not able to. So uh, I think for, for those of you that are actually um, trying to access the, this talk live right now, please do go visit the Her Stories uh, Untold page, Facebook page, and you will see another link that says live and you can click in to join to watch this live together. So sorry, just uh, sharing that. <laughs> so ensure that our, our, our people can see uh, our talk right now so that's great yeah um yeah no and thank you for for sharing that i i think it's so um important and i wanted to ask you you know the question about it's such a brave thing to be able to talk and it certainly takes such a long time to get to a place where one is comfortable to begin to share their story, their journey, all the events that have happened. Um, I, I wanted to ask you, what made you feel the most vulnerable about sharing your story? Um, I think when I was, when this happened to me, I 
felt very alone and I felt like no one believed me or um, they would kind of come up with, oh, well, this, you must have known him or you must have done this or something, you know, I kind of felt blamed. Like I must have done something to cause this to happen to me. And um, I think the biggest fear I had was kind of putting myself through all of that again, because that was deeply, deeply painful for me. And um, that was probably the scariest of thinking like, am I just going to put myself out there to be looked at? Like I'm, you know, full of crap or, you know, not believed, or this is too crazy to be true or any of that kind of stuff, you know, like I, that was the scariest part for me, really. It was just kind of like feeling like I'm going to re-traumatize myself with um, kind of a bunch more victim shaming and blaming. Yeah. It's probably the scariest. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that's a very important thing to know because, um, because I've, I've read your book and it's a, it's a great book and thank you again very much for writing and being so brave to write your book. Um, and I, what really uh, stood out to me, at, you know, in, in, in the realm of like victim shaming and blaming was that um, there was mention of cause and effect, right versus wrong, good versus evil. And, and it, it, it's so true that, you know, people tend to be so quick to judge, right? So I think, um, you know, being, being able to share the story, like it's, it's really overcoming and accepting that vulnerability and then taking the next step, right? So it, in in particular, um, was there a particular moment, you know, that made you realize that, you know, that said, I, I want to share this publicly? Um, I don't know if it was a particular moment. I, I think it was just, you know, with COVID, I was sort of, you know, like everyone forced to slow down and kind of stay at home. And um, I'm a performing artist. So like that kind of, you know, my main outlet kind of got squelched for a while. And um, I just did a, a lot of um, journeying in that time where I just watched a lot of like workshops and mindset classes. And then I began, I just decided like, I just would like to take voice lessons. And I know this sounds like it doesn't make it, you know, it doesn't apply, but I promise it does. So I was like, I'm going to take voice lessons. And then she ended up being also a coach and had like a coaching program. And, um, you know, and using my voice in that way was really, it's very intimidating to me. Like I can express all day long with my body and, but with the singing was a whole nother thing. Um, but then like her, her coaching program was a really small container of, um, like six women. And I just wrote one of the poems that's actually in this book. And I was like, and she used a Voxer chat as a way to kind of, again, like giving us, um, power through our voice. And so I was like, maybe I, I should read this. And my husband was like, yeah, no, you should definitely read it. And I was so nervous. And I read this poem and like the response I got from it and the support I got from just that little container was really powerful. And I was like, you know, maybe this is the time that I can start putting this story that I've had for 20 years in my mind, like down. And so I kind of just literally just kind of wrote the first chapter and read that to the group. And it kind of slowly but surely was like, okay, I think this is something that I don't know. I think this is the time. And this, and that was a really supportive, important container for me to start that process. Yeah. And I, I think there's really no way to say exactly how much time one needs because everybody has a different experience. And I, I think it's, um, it's almost acceptable to say that one can take, one should take as much time as they need in order to arrive where they need to be and in order to be in a place of comfort and confidence to be able to share those things. Now, you mentioned those poems and I did, uh, there are a few poems in the book that are, are very good to, uh, you know, and I read them and reread them, stopped and pondered and, you know, reflected on them. Um, one that really stood out to me was the one called Betty. So mm -hmm. I, I'm not sure if you, if you would like to share that with us today. Sure, if you'd like me to. <laughs> 
do you want me to say anything about it or just go ahead and read it? And oh, then... yeah, feel free. If you want to talk about it, yeah, I would. we would love to hear. Okay, so um, Betty is uh, kind of my inner critic and she came through to me during like an NLP session. And I don't know if everyone's familiar with that, but it's kind of a way to get into your subconscious. And um, I've always been an extremely, like many of us, really harsh critic. I'm very hard on myself. I'm a perfectionist. And like, I can just be ruthless to myself basically. And nothing's ever good enough. Like I'm very patient. And I think, you know, with other people and like their work and I'm like, wow, that's so amazing. But like with me, I'm like, uh, whatever, you know, it's like never good enough. <laughs> And I think that we all have some version of an inner critic, right? Whether it's perfectionism or something else. And um, so, so I kind of like got her name and like got that that was my you know inner critic. And then during the coaching program I did with my voice coach, she had us do this really interesting exercise where we had to give them more of a persona. Like I had to dress like her. And so like, I didn't know what to do. I was like, gosh, I don't know how to dress her. But like, I don't know. All of a sudden I was like, I'm going to make her like an S&M lady, like a, like a you know, like a super bonded, right? Dominatrix. Yeah. Because like, I felt like that so much, right? Yeah. But like the whips and everything, because she just has so much power over me. And, um, and it just, it really, it, it gave this, um, voice to this other part of me or my brain or whatever you want to have it so that I can actually like recognize it. You know, when she's talking to me, I can say, you know what, Betty, I hear you. It's also like developing a reason why she's there in the first place. And it's to protect, to protect me, right. Just like yours is for you. And um, so it offers this protection, but they take it so far that then it becomes damaging. So it's kind of like, you know, giving her a persona, giving her a name, being able to say, all right, Betty, I hear you. Thank you very much. But I need you to go sit in the corner now or help me in a more productive way. I don't know. So it's kind of shifting that relationship with our inner critic so that's sort of how Betty was born um, does that make sense yeah no it's <laughs> shift although she's a dominatrix in that right. realm, Betty can shift yeah and but you're in control yeah exactly and sometimes you know in some days it's harder to get her to you know stop talking than others right but um so this is the poem that I created about Betty okay. um, I haven't read this out loud so yeah, thank you for sharing. <laughs> no, thank you. Okay. Betty, a tiny spark lay in the distance, one so fragile and new, lay dormant like a seedling, just bursting to break through. It sends out a signal, searching the globe, wondering which special person can decipher its code. Wondering, waiting, I can't wait to be found. But as the time ticks away, the spark sinks, sinks deeper in the ground. The joy drains away, I'll never find my mate, the one I am meant for, the one to change my fate. Its hope fades away, its light grows dim. I may as well succumb, I have no choice but to give in. As a spark descends with sorrow and grief, its course rapidly changes and is left in disbelief. Who just rescued me? I thought for sure I was dead. And the spark gazes upwards to find you instead. It is you, my mate, we were meant to be. I am an idea and it is you who'll set me free. Joy floods your body as you embrace your new friend, for you too had felt empty, your heart needing to mend. This is it, you exclaim. This will make me whole. I will proceed forth with glee. It will be something to behold. As you and your spark form this new partnership, your mind races with wonder. It even does a backflip. You smile and you skip. Your heart dances with a delight. You can't wait to bring this idea out into the light. As your mind opens up to what's possible and new, you notice another voice that's now here with you. It is quiet at first, but quickly explains, I will be heard. 
I will take my, I will stake my claim. Your chest grows heavy. You let out a sigh for this is no stranger who's come in the night. This voice has been with you for many years. It seems it always shows up and ruins your dreams. It makes you feel small, worthless, and dumb. This voice, you know, is difficult to overcome. It tells you you'll fail. Why bother? Just quit. You know, you'll lose. You are an idiot. Not again, not again. Why do you do this to me? Why are you so hell-bent on making me unhappy? Every time I try to achieve something new, you come smash my dreams, make me feel so blue. You turn to your spark. I'm sorry, my friend. I'm no good. I'm defeated. I won't win in the end. The spark looks at you and sees your pain, but it vibrates and states a new perspective you'll gain. Give this voice a name and a personality too. Ask it some questions. Why is it part of your crew? You ponder this request, wondering what this will do, but you shrug, why not? I'll try something new. This, my friends, may seem weird, untrue, but if I can do it, well, so can you. I'll explain to you now how it happened for me so that perhaps one day you can try it and see. Eyes closed, I breathed, asked this voice its name. Betty, she replied with a hint of disdain. I allowed this voice, Betty, to come into view, leather catsuit, red lips, and a whip to boot. She stared me down, harsh look on her face, ready to berate me again and do, us, do so with haste. <clears throat> Excuse me. I mustered the courage, looked her straight in the eye. Dominatrix Betty, you're so terrible. Why? It's so blatantly obvious, so strongly, she replied. You're safe with me. I keep you alive. Remember the first time you felt embarrassed and shamed? Well, I should have after, swore we'd never feel that again. I was shocked at first. I couldn't believe my ears, but I softened as I realized. She tried to keep me safe all these years. I looked at her, my view fresh and new. And I said, I thank you, Betty, I really do. But from now on, I've got it from here. I can keep us all safe. Please trust me, dear. I sensed her reluctance to completely let go, but she had to take a back seat, though we wouldn't be foes, or though we needn't be foes. I told my new spark, come here, sit by me. The road may be bumpy, but I'll finally be free. Free to explore, seek and discover new roads ahead and full with wonder. I turn to you now, inviting you to discover the voice deep inside of you. The one that's mean, degrading and cruel, ask their name, why they do what they do. You'll have your own Betty, I know that you do. Face them now and speak to them true. Politely with love, tell them to step back, explain I've got this and that's a fact. I need you to trust me, I really do, because plain and simple, we've got some shit to do. That's beautifully read and beautifully written. So thank you very much for sharing that with us. Um, and, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to share too, when I was reading this, the part that really spoke to me was, um, I think it was near the beginning. And I think it started off with you're in a state of hopelessness. You really Walking in deep, right? And the that that uh, section that really spoke to me was the part that says, "The joy drains away. I'll never find my mate, the one I am meant for, the one to change my fate." Mm -hmm. This uh, spoke really loudly because I feel like in life we're always looking for answers or looking someone to give us those support and answers whether it's uh, a person a partner uh, somebody you look up to you know your your parents or siblings family um you know your boss or friends and whatnot kind of thing right but I think at the end of the day it's about looking at yourself honestly and going deep there 
and to the, to all the darker places that um, nobody knows about, and then finding that you are actually your own mate, and which is why I love this poem about Betty because while it goes down, it's taking you back up. Then it's giving you options and solutions and it's filled with hope at the end of saying hey this is what you can also do you can find your own Betty you can name it something else but there there is a Betty in, in us right right <laughs> yeah so thank you for for sharing that and you know I I, I think I, I want to pause here and think about I know so much has happened and it's it's very sad and unfortunate um, and and through these unfortunate situations, it have um, brought the opportunity of resiliency, right? So I think, of course, we don't know what it was like when we were at uh, our younger self previously, but just at this moment, what would you tell your younger self, if anything? Like, what would it be? That's a tough one for me, because I part of me feels like, well, I needed to come to these things by, you know, on my own terms, in my own way. Um, and I feel like, you know, anything you'd say to like your younger self would just seem trite and they wouldn't listen to, you know, you know, when you're young, you don't listen to older people anyway. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's, that's just tough. Cause it's like, part of me would like, you know, of course you're stronger than you know, and blah, blah, blah. But it just feels so redundant and trite. I guess it's like, um, the, uh, the thing that comes to my mind is like, you made a choice to survive this and know that and trust that. And, you know, and that's kind of the most profound thing I can think that would be meaningful to say is like, like you chose to survive this, you chose to come through this on the other side, you know, and trust that no matter what, no matter what happens, like that was, that was your choice. And now, you know, you can take that choice and do something with it and, and you will, you know, and kind of just trust that. So kind of um, trusting, I, I know the book also talks about, you know, trusting your uh, own intuition, right? Kind of your gut feeling, right? And I think yeah. that's really important. Um, a lot of times, uh, many things externally happen, or, you know, people telling us things, right? And or even guidance with good intentions, sometimes not so good intentions and things happen. And we tend to just be like, you're almost kind of frazzled, right? Fumbling yeah. around, listening mm -hmm. to those forgetting to trust your own intuition so i think what you said is very true it's very important we don't know what to do we don't know the answers because we haven't gone through those experiences but what you know for sure is what you feel and that right. that's the intuition of deep down right telling you what to do how to feel right. right right yeah and i certainly didn't choose like this event but it's like i chose to survive it you know what i mean because i i fully believe like i had a choice to live or die and, you know, like I chose to live, I chose to survive, just like if anyone else went through something really harrowing, like, it's like, okay, yeah. you've experienced it. You chose to come through it on the other side. So like, trust that. And like you said, trust your intuition and, um, yeah. you know, it may be bumpy, but you'll find your way, you know, like. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, and I'm sorry, and, you know, to, to mention, but, you know, this is about your book, but I know it's, it's so hard and it was so horrific. Um, what happened and uh, about what you experienced and in that incident um, of being alone and the stabbing and all those situation and the victim, you know, shaming and blaming um, that people have placed doubts even in yourself to mm -hmm. start questioning, did this, this really happen kind of thing, right? Sometimes that's what happens, right? And then you start to believe that because of those um, self-doubts, right? 
what I really want to ask you is how did you, how have you continued to choose survival over the years? Um, I think, like I said earlier, like anytime um, I've kind of felt like, what's the point or, you know, like kind of giving up or why am I even here? You know, any of those kind of negative kind of self-talk things. It's like going back to that original feeling of like, I chose to survive this. I, I, and I want to do something with my life. I refuse to let this person completely derail me or completely to take my life away um, because that's letting someone else control my life. And I don't want that. Um, and, um, you know, and there's, I, t I fully believe, like, I'm definitely one of those people I'm, and I talk about this in my book a little bit, like my favorite ways to like, avoid, I don't need to feel that. I'm just gonna go over there and keep busy and do these things over there. I don't need, I don't need that. I don't need that over there. But eventually you're, that, that voice will get louder and louder and louder and louder, right? Until it can like break you. And so I'm getting better at feeling my feelings. It's still not my very first choice or, you know, <laughs> I love to do because I love to be happy and silly and fun, right? Because that's also who I am. But um, these like, emotions of we, we all experience sadness we all experience grief and it's so important to let those things come too and um there's days like the other day actually it's been really gloomy and rainy here in Austin and that's pretty unusual and I always told my husband I'm like I can't live in a place that's gloomy and rainy all the time because I will just slip in, <laughs> in bed all the time like right and so like I kind of felt myself getting just kind of like sad and you know a little bit like oh. and and you know when I try you know you try the things to like cheer myself up but I was like you know today is just a sad day and that's okay I'm just going to feel this sadness I'm going to feel into it and um you know and know that tomorrow is tomorrow's a new day but it is you know and like just but like oh I've almost been better at if I just let those feelings in and kind of just like okay today I'm going to let myself feel sad. I'm going to let the, this feel, even if I don't know why, because I used to struggle with that a lot. Like, why am I feeling this way? What's the, how do I fix it? You know? And, but now I'm just like, you know, I don't need to know why I'm just feeling this way and I'm going to acknowledge it. I'm going to welcome it in. And I'm gonna be like, okay, sadness, you can sit here with me um, for the day, <laughs> you know? And then like, and, um, and just kind of nurture it a little bit and go to bed and then try to like kind of wake up as a, it's, it is a new day. Right. And what can I do a little bit differently today? So, um, I feel like I just talked in circles. I'm sorry, but like, it's like yeah, kind of pulling those things in and following. Yeah. I was like, yeah, sorry. where am I going with this? Oh, so choosing <laughs> Friday. So yeah. <laughs> so it's like choosing to even take those days that I feel a little bit sad or a little bit down and being like, okay, that's okay. I'm not going to berate myself or give myself a hard time or let Betty tell me what a piece of crap I am. You know, like I should be, I should be doing all these things. I'm great at shooting all over myself. I should be doing this. I should be doing that. It's like, all right, I'm going to take today. It's when you kind of let one day turn into five days, turn into five weeks that, you know, it's kind of like, okay, now we really, really, really need to like, now we do need to do something. Right. But, um, I think just listening to myself more and accepting some of those days that aren't, don't feel so great is, is also okay. And then knowing that those days allow me to feel the happiest, right? It's like, you can't have the light without the dark. And I, I kind of like, I feel like that's my mantra in a way. It's kind of like, it's okay to have these negative feeling days because you're going to have those positive feeling days and you'll, you'll know it that much more deeply. Um, there's one, there's my one spiel about choosing survival. And then the other one is literally going back to like, I will not let this person determine my life. I refuse and just okay. literally making a choice. So that was why, like, that's part of my title was choice because I really do feel like we have the power of choice and, um, really deciding, like, I'm not going to let anybody else determine my life or where I want to be or what I want to do. And, um, that's, yeah, sorry. I was like two. No, <laughs> 100% true. They don't get to rob our life. Okay. Right. That's exactly it. And, and taking that um, power back um, 
with, within us, right? We own that power. And, and you know, what you said, I was following you because <laughs> it made me think about, um, uh, I was listening to Ari- Ariana Huff- Huffington for Huffington Post, and I know she did a talk. She was talking about how a lot of times um, things happen, emotions happen, we feel it, right? And But at the same time, we kind of, you know, we're just stuck there analyzing it or um, we're not actually looking at it in the eye, right? So, and then just kind of sweeping it under a rug and then just keep going kind of thing. Yeah. So he said that instead of doing that, we need to like, if you feel really angry or really sad, you know, you just really confront it, really face it and really feel those emotions. And then, because once you do that, that's when you can get up and say, hey, I've I made aware awareness, brought awareness to this and I can do something about it. Then you can take the next step. But until you take that step to, you know, it, it's a difficult step sometimes to face it. Um, you're not making it aware. You're not bringing awareness that, and that means you're not giving time to understand it yourself. Because a lot of times, it is about us understanding it ourselves. So I think that's really, really important. And and I think um, the thing is, this whole writing process. Um, I think it has a positive effect in in your healing journey throughout, right? So mm-hmm. it has, right? And and I, I also uh, recognize and appreciate that you're a very, very talented woman. And, and you are um, not just a talented writer and you're, I think you're a dancer, right? Mm-hmm. You're, and you write um, and you've done some other film work, which we'll come back to later. <laughs> but, and you feel free to share now if you like, but using the power of art um, to I guess, heal and connect us to ourselves and each other. So I don't know if you want to talk a little bit deeper about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've kind of, so I started out mainly as a dancer of a, of a BFA in dance. And so that's just something that I, I felt really strongly pulled to. Um, and I, I feel like even if you're a spectator of art, like especially performing arts, I mean, the point is to allow us to feel something that perhaps we don't know is there um, or we don't know how to express ourselves. And it connects us in a way that sometimes words can't. Um, you know, and, and if you think about all of us being energy, right, it's all energy exchanges. And so like you have that moment of that energy exchange. And even if you go see like a painting, if it makes you feel something that maybe even you can't put your finger on it, it still kind of stirs those emotions up a little bit and allows us to, to see them a little bit more clearly or even know that they're there at all. Um, and so I just, yeah, I think art in any way can just bring people together. It can express things in ways which we don't know how, how else to express. And um, it's just incredibly powerful. And I know with art, it's hard to not judge ourselves, right? Like if someone tries to draw like, oh, I can't do that, or oh, I can't dance, or I can't do that. Um, it, it's really hard to get that judgment away. But like, if you can, just kind of let yourself open up. There's so much healing that can be done through it. And even if it's something you don't want to pursue yourself, going to see it, it might stir up, like I said, you know, something in you that you didn't know how else to express or to perceive or understand. Um, so yeah, I just think there's so much power in, in healing in arts. And, and and that's a really good point. That means it might be scary, right? Mm-hmm. To face it or bring it to light and experience, but what I'm also hearing is that even if it's scary and you had to stop and step away from it, that doesn't mean you end it forever or it's gone forever. You could come back to it later, right? So it's always available there, right? So you don't, we don't have to say that we reached the dead end and that was it, right? Kind of thing. So yeah. Um, so I, I think that's really powerful and uh, uh, amazing. Um, now, I, I think, you know, leading to the point where I kind of want to 
come back a little bit is that what message can you share with women around the globe you know in terms of um there's two things i want to talk about is how to um push through fear when fear is holding you back mm -hmm. and, and um if for example if other women's dealing with you know victim shaming and blaming right and and i know each different uh, circumstances you know they they're they can be comparable or not kind of thing and they're all different and unique um but you know if there are any tips for fighting the underlying sense of fear and terror that remains even years after you know different types of attacks that women experience yeah. um of course i'm a big believer in like therapy and professional help so it's it kind of depends on where you are in your journey so certainly when you um you need that that help I, i'm always like please seek it out um and you have to be your own advocate so if you let's say find a therapist and it's not a great fit there's another one that will be and i know it's hard it can be tedious but it's so valuable and important um the other thing that i will say is like there's so much shame when we keep things to ourselves and we're you know we're really worried about like well, are people going to outcast me? Am I going to seem weird? Are people not going to like me anymore? And um, that keeps us living in fear, right? And that keeps us from doing things. Like I, um, I feel like that's the biggest like thing that keeps us from doing anything, right? We're just so afraid of like what's going to happen and what if it goes wrong and what if I fail and what if everyone judge, judges me? But like at the end of the day, I guess it's like what 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 happens if it goes right? What's going to happen if you you do get this? And, and or what happens if like it's sort of like almost in your mind imagining and feeling into what happens if those things do come true and what happens if the opposite happens, you know? And um, that's really important. I think sometimes to sit with both of those scenarios and really feel into both of them, because even if let's say you do lose a friendship over it, well, maybe that person wasn't really the person for you anyway. Maybe that wasn't really as healthy of a relationship as you thought. And that's, and there will be other people for you. And I know that's scary because it's so like the uncertain the unknown is always scary, right? No matter what, because we're human beings. And at the end of the day, we don't love change, right? I think that's like a universal yeah. truth. Just power, right? <laughs> right, right. And yeah. so like, kind of like, I think there's so much power and strength in sharing with each other and, uh, you know, and, and coming to someone and be like, hey, I have, I have something that's, uh, you know, that's happened to me. I would love to share it with you when, you know, when you're open to listening. Um, and then kind of just really opening that conversation, that dialogue up can be so incredibly freeing. Um, so I would say like, find people to talk to and um, breath work, like just breathing. There's so much power in that too. Like just taking the time to breathe, you know, and then, because um, <clears throat> you know, if you notice, like when you get scared, you start your, you know, your mind starts racing and you start to kind of stop breathing. It's like taking that moment, like, okay, it's yeah. kind of like, Becky, right? Like, okay, yeah. like giving fear a name, giving it a persona. I'm like, okay, I see you. I hear you. I know you're here to keep me safe because that time in second grade, I got real scared when I had to give a presentation, you know, whatever it was. It's like, that's literally what's happening is your brain remembers those, those scenarios and your subconscious is like, no, 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 we don't want that. We don't want that again. And so when you understand that, how your brain works, it's like, okay, this is how my brain is trying to keep me safe. And I can recognize that now I'm going to breathe through this, you know, like find there's different, you know, like inhale for four counts, exhaling for four counts, those kinds of things. Oh. And just stopping the the, you know, the, I call it my hamster wheel, you know, of thoughts and just being like, okay, I, I feel this. I know that this is fear. This isn't the truth. I don't know what's going to happen. And that's a little scary, but that's okay. 
And, you know, I'm going to choose to overcome that. I'm going to choose to talk to this person. I'm going to choose to start this project. I'm going to choose to see like, and be, and, and be open and curious about what may happen. And you might lose a few friendships, right? Like I know this book isn't for every single person. Not every single person is going to love it. And of course, part of me hates that, hates that idea, but I also have to trust that it is for some people and it can really hopefully help some people. And so I have to, I have to remember that for myself too, um, because it is scary. So I hope I don't answer that. <laughs> It's so so rich. No, it's amazing. Um, and I, I like how you mentioned that the book is for certain people, maybe not for some, but here's the takeaway. I think even for her stories untold, this global book project, there are stories that is for some, maybe not all. But here's the thing: sometimes reading about things that that come, you know, is out of your comfort zone or realm of experience or knowledge is not a bad thing. It mm. is not a negative experience or information okay it's all really to do what the person the individual thinks or does with that information mm -hmm. so take what is applicable what can support um what is interesting to you and and i think that's where you can one can take away from any situation any stories any sort of information and see the positive in that right so you it's like people talking to people um i always say like you don't have to always agree right to come right. to a point but certainly just having the respect um and the time given to each other to hear the differences right and acknowledging those differences right so yeah so i th i think it's so important to had to do that and i i love how you share so many different tips about you know dealing and pushing through when there's fear when there's shame and to be able to share um, is the most important thing and i think you know once again going back to our earlier talks um today i think i mentioned that you also have to take the time to heal and then arrive at a place where you're confident and comfortable and to share because i am i mean from experience and hearing different stories of other women so you know when one is not ready and someone just comes out and, you know, whether it's good intention or bad intention or lack of <laughs> intention, yeah. right. And of thought, and they ask you to tell them about certain situations or comments and like, um, and, and whatnot kind of thing, you're just not ready to share. <laughs> and it can give you a sort of like a nervous breakdown or something. And, you know, that whole trigger repeats, right? So you're kind of retracting from how much you've healed and all the progress that you made, right? And you're kind of having to uh, almost start over all over again, right? Kind of thing. And and um, I wanted to talk about, um, you know, earlier I had mentioned cause and effect, right and wrong, good and versus evil and uh, victim shaming and blaming. And I feel like um, it's almost time relevant, you know, like the different time periods. I know the whole unfortunate incidents uh, happened like in the late 90s, right? And then running into the early 2000s, right? And I do want to stop here to mention that, you know, I think um, the uh, the activist Tarana Burke, right? She coined the term for Me Too in 2006. And it wasn't until 2017 when the, the actress Alyssa Milano, you know, said to come out to talk about your different experiences, right? That people became really talking about it. And I think it was since then, it's an open conversation. People were supporting and empowering and uplifting um, each other and especially women uplifting other women. And here's a, here's an Here's an important note I'm gonna make. I think women should always try to uplift other women. 
<laughs> rather than compete, you know, kind of thing, because we're not, every one of us is different, okay? We should accentuate the positive and look for ways to bring harmony or balance or to support each other. If you cannot do any of that, don't do anything at all. <laughs> so I feel like the, that's really important. But I think what I'm trying to say is that um, it almost feels like if something were to happen today, it's going to be all over social media, all over the news, and somebody will be listening. A lot of people will be listening and commenting on that, right? So, but, you know, having said, fast forward to now, it's been five years since all of those things happened. Um, I think there was a lot of focus. Uh, I just read on Forbes on the news um, today is that um, essentially, um, I guess the laws and policymakers need to re-examine how they make those laws and policies so that those things um, like, women coming out to share their story and then suffering repercussions about them right and this is not just for women i think men equally have you know you know scary experiences and i think maybe even more stigmatized from you know speaking out loud right and when they do they're scared of the same things right different yeah, yeah. so it, it it i think it really um applies to um uh, a lot of us yeah so um and i i wanted to I guess we're gonna segue to you know going back to the the power of art, right? And and that's very positive. Um, what you shared, you're you're also a talented actress yourself, and uh, I believe you were writing and directing something. Did you want to share a little bit about those projects? Sure. Um, it has nothing to do with this. I wrote like a horror comedy musical, basically. <laughs> it's like it's about nine and a half minutes. I just it just got completed. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty excited about it. So it's it's kind of again, it's something like I don't. You know, it may not be for everybody. Everyone's not going to love it. Um, but I think it's hilarious and I'm pretty happy with it, excited about it. Yeah. So it's just being, again, willing to like, kind of like, what is this? Like, let your freak flag fly or whatever it is. It's like, we're all a little bit weird and we all, you know, and so it's kind of like, okay, this is something that I had in my mind. It just popped to my mind. I was like, I think this could be really funny. And um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's one of those, it's hard for me to, <clears throat> excuse me, like put it into like a little a little sentence, but I kind of said like, it's a little bit kooky and a little bit spooky, <laughs> like a little kooky, spooky, spectacular. Um, and um, the other project that I have in my mind is I want to take another poem that I wrote in my book called The Cage. And I would like to create a dance on a film based on that. So that's like the one I have kind of, I think that I want to tackle next. Um, so it'd be a very different, you know, thing from the one I just produced and created and directed and wrote and all that. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's just, it's, again, it's another way to connect people. I think people connect through various genres, whether it's horror or comedy or whatever. And, um, again, just makes you think, makes you think a little bit, makes you feel something. And, um, but I'm excited about this one. It's, I just started submitting to the film festival circuit for the yeah. other one. It's called Hot Sauce. Yeah. <laughs> it's the little horror musical comedy. <laughs> so. That's so exciting. Like I, I'm looking forward to seeing your work. So please do let us know when they do come out and when it's available and how to watch it. Cause these days it's the struggle and challenges of what, where. <laughs> I know, I know. And it's usually have to go to like the year of the circuit, right? And then we can kind yeah. of try and find a way to put it on streaming or something. I don't know. <laughs> Do have a question because I've been talking and meeting a lot of uh, filmmakers, directors, writers, and stuff like that. Um, in, in different different stages, of course, uh, in their their career. Um, and I think there's often a lot of like err, like caution, you know, just like oh, I don't know how to start this, right? Uh, there's not enough funding. I don't know who to talk to. And they have like these really, really great ideas, right? And where are they going with this? And, you know, how to reach people and kind of thing, right? For yourself, when you did your short film, 
like I, I know it, I know making a film is definitely not something easy to do okay it is just here on a side note it's easy to watch a film a tv show a documentary and it's so interesting and so good for you know whether it's 20 minutes or one hour or three hours that you spend watching it okay it's so easy to just receive that and take it in and that's it okay but there is so much work and hard work that goes behind the camera and in front of the camera to make that happen for you in that concise and you know condense it to that short segment of time um, to produce the, uh, the the project that you know the movies or films that you're watching right kind of thing so how um yeah like what what pushed you through like you know you had an idea and you're like I'm gonna do this I'm just gonna roll with it and did you kind of just start? Yeah, I mean, I, we'd moved to Austin from New Orleans and um, I was just kind of frustrated because I was getting a decent amount of auditions and work there and then kind of moving to a new spot. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna start all over again. And I just wanted more opportunities to act, you know? So like, I just kind of literally thought like, what can I write that's, I can film in my house because I don't like location scouting or any of that stuff. I would not like be producer. Um, I was like, I don't want to do that. So like, what can I film in my house that I can star in? And that's literally like how it started. And I just kind of opened yeah. up my computer and I just feel like oddly, I just feel like it kind of just, just kind of flowed out of me. I don't even remember like how I came up with all the little ideas, but I do remember like laughing and I was creating the songs, like singing them in my head. I was like, oh my God, this is gonna be so funny. And I'm um, so kind of getting something on paper. And I do tend to stress myself about the how, how am I going to do this? How am I going to have the funding? How am I going to find these people? Right. And so that is something that I get caught up in a lot. So it's like, okay, I'm just gonna write the script, you know, with, again, with the intention of knowing like, okay, I'm going to film it in my house and keep the locations small and that kind of thing. But, um, and then one of my friends has gotten into filmmaking. So I knew he had a bunch of equipment and I was like, Hey man, <laughs> can you help me right and then I um I did cast it with one of my other my best friends and actors so I, I got her involved and she's probably like mad at me for making her sing and dance but like <laughs> 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 she got dance for you let okay I don't know if I'm ever do that again but I'm like you she looked amazing like um yeah. so just finding like one of my other friends who's never really an actor like I knew you know this kind of thing like there were certain roles I could give to people that and maybe not didn't have a lot of experience because yeah. they were just kind of lip syncing to what I had recorded for them and, and I choreographed for people that I that knew were not dancers yeah. um and then just finding the right people that I could help and you know, and my, I did another film where it was just kind of like food and credit and there was like four of us involved, but I had done the same thing for other people. So sometimes it's just finding the other people that want to get something done. I mean, you can literally film something on cell phones now. The cameras yeah. are so right. So you don't have to have all this crazy equipment and stuff. Yeah. But it's just, it is just letting yourself kind of get past the how I'm going to do this. Why, what, how much, when, you know, just put something on paper, get it, get it going. And then you when you have that will, you have the way it's like, you're going to, you have to meet the people you have to network, but if you really, really want to do it, you can put it on your cell phone and find a few other people that want to do it with you. And then you can kind of work together and create like a little team. So yeah. it is yeah. hard. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's networking yeah. is always, does not always come the most natural to me, but like, you know, it's, that's way it's sometimes finding film groups that are local to your area or, um, you know, other writing groups even, or like anything like that, just kind of get your juices flowing and, and meeting other people that want to do the same thing. Oh, like like like-minded people, right? So, and, yeah. and that's so important because I I meet a lot of people, and I'm grateful to you know have those connections. But it, it's like you don't know immediately what's to come, but it could be a good chunk of time later. But there, somebody comes to mind, you're like, oh, I, that person, that's perfect, right, for the project. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, overall, that's that's great information and and experience that you share. I think it's um about not just having an idea, but not just you know kind of just roll with it, even mm -hmm. if. You just a little bit sending out email here 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 and there 
reaching out to people, connecting, and then reaching out to your contacts, ask, asking them to dance. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, and uh, but at the end of it, it's a great experience, of course. And then, um, um, yeah, and just not being um, so concerned. I, I think funding is always a big question and issue and absolutely an obstacle and barrier, right? especially for in indie filmmakers and, and whatnot kind of thing. But I think you're right, like with the camera phones that we have, we've got like 4K, 8K capabilities in different models of the phone. And I think if you could have one and, you know, get some basic lighting and stuff like that, you know, action, right? <laughs> so that's, uh, that's, that's great. Um, I, I think, um, yeah, so we're definitely looking forward to your film projects and um, please feel free to share that information. What I want to ask is how do we get a copy of your book? Where should we look for this book and so on? Yeah, so right now it's on Amazon. Um, I'll okay. show you where it is, <laughs> but it's on Amazon. Yeah. Um, I want to get it in That's other... Hardcover. Yeah, that is a hardcover. Oh, beautiful, yeah. Thank you. But I want to get it into retail, other retailers as well. It's just kind of yeah. like... I guess, again, it's all new to me, right? But um, so you can go on Amazon. You can either look up my name or um, choosing, just putting Choosing Survival, Lynn, is enough yeah. to kind of find it. Um, yeah. And then eventually I do want to do a book on tape as well. I think that's what yeah. still you call it. <laughs> tape, anyway, um, yeah. aging myself. But um, but right now it's on paperback, hardcover, and Kindle. And then, um, yeah, and then you can also, you know, get to me at choosingsurvival at gmail.com. If anyone wants to reach out to me personally, you can do it that way as well. Oh. Okay, perfect. Yeah, my website's lynnforney at um, www.lynnforney.com. So yeah. you can also link there too. <laughs> okay. So just to, just to you know, summarize here, we can find your book on Amazon and I will share those links with everybody else um, with the comment post after this session today, um, as well as your website. And if you want to reach out to Lynn, she, what was your email again? Uh, choosingsurvival at gmail.com choosing survival at gmail.com so feel free to reach out to lynn directly okay and uh yeah so that's very exciting i'm going to be sharing all that information with everybody um for those of you that have um, missed this talk don't worry because this is a recorded session as part of always for her stories untold so you, you can easily access these videos in the video section of the Her Stories Untold page. Um, I want to thank you so much, Lynn, today for, you know, joining us uh, today because I, I really and sincerely appreciate your time and your sharing of your journey. Oh, yeah. thank you so much. And I'm looking forward to being a part of your, your book as well. Yeah, so very excitedly, uh, and Lynn is also going to be a part of the Her Stories Untold uh, Global Book. Um, it's still in an ongoing process. So uh, what I wanted to share is that um, because each journey and story is unique, um, they're all full of color, full of diversity, full of richness. Um, if anyone wants to or wants to nominate somebody else, um, feel free to visit www.herstoryuntold. And um, I think um, our existence itself is a journey. So if anyone has a story about success, love, relationship, hardships, family, illness, death, children, travels, gender roles, gender role changes, Okay, disability, positivity, uh, resiliency, you know, trauma, lessons in life, um, I encourage you to share. Okay, they are so important. Don't ever think that it's not because somebody out there, and this is the reason I started Her Stories Untold, somebody out there will hear your story and 
And that is going to empower and inspire them to take that next step, whatever that is, however big that is, but it is necessary in their life. Okay. And I think part of her stories untold is that I want to really hone in on woman, everyday woman, because that's at the end of the day, no matter who you are, that's who you are. We're everyday people. And these are stories within reach and stories of relevancy. And again, you don't have to experience every single story um, or every single journey, but take what you need. Okay. And empower, inspire yourself and maybe other women as well. Right. Um, so because that journey is guaranteed to empower and inspire others, both men and women. <laughs> I've spoken to men before and they, they felt empowered and inspired. Yeah. So thank you to them as well. So thank you very much, Lynn, again, for your time today. And uh, yeah, we'll be looking forward to all your other projects too, as well. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, so uh, yeah, hope to talk to you again soon. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs> thank you for listening to Her Stories Untold. I'm the founder and author of this global book project that focuses on the journey of different and diverse women from all walks of life, from all over the globe, with the purpose to empower and inspire women and men, wherever they are. If you enjoyed this, please share with your friends and family. Please also follow us on Facebook at Her Stories Untold, all one word, or on Instagram at her.stories.untold. Visit our website, www.herstoryuntold.com. To watch our live recorded talks, visit our Facebook page and click on videos. Stay tuned for more special talks on unique subjects and candid conversations about women in all aspects of life. Thank you. Welcome to Her Stories Untold. My name is Trey Sai, and I am the founder and author of Her Stories Untold, a global book project sharing different empowering and inspiring stories of women around the globe from all walks of life. The reason this project was created was because I realized there were so many women out there that have stories to share, journeys that have been walked, but they do not realize the significance and importance of their unique stories. The project is to share your journey of how you came to whom and where you are today so that you can empower, uplift, and inspire other women. This project is open to anyone that is a woman in this globe. Each journey and story is unique, full of color and diversity. To find out more details, you can go to www.herstoryuntold.com to participate so that you can empower not just yourself, but others around the globe. As a BIPOC minority woman, a writer, artist, actress, and model, no matter where you are, who you are, and what you are, how you are, there is a journey. Our existence in this world is a journey. If you have a story about success, love, relationships, hardships, career, family, illness, death, children, travels, gender roles, disability, trauma, positivity, resiliency, lessons, you name it, I encourage you to share it. If you have a story about isolation, and quarantine during this global COVID-19 pandemic time, your journey 
is important and is guaranteed to empower and inspire others, both men and women, women and men.